What's this? It's the Branson Family Podcast. Welcome to the Branson Family Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Hannah. And we'd like for you to join us on our journey in forging faith-filled families. Every noise you make, every move you make. Oh, we're recording. Okay, the baby liked my singing. He's very calm right now. I'm surprised. Yeah, because he likes my singing. No one else does, but... He smiled at me, though. Oh, yes. He always smiles at you. He loves his mama. Yeah, so today we were... Um, I don't know. What were we doing? I don't know, but I was... Oh, we're... No, that was yesterday when I was at church. And we like... I have oh, no idea yeah. why I started crying, but he was like, he looked at me and he didn't realize that he'd been passed. Well, what was great is, no, Adeline made a noise. He yeah. looked over towards Adeline, but I was holding Adeline. And he looked at me and then looked at Ben, looked him up and down, and then looked back <laughs> at me and then back at Ben and then just cried. Yeah, it was like. As if he realized you are not mom. <laughs> he's I like, made mom now. You're not mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just freaked out. Yeah. He, uh, he does that a while. So the topic today is finances for married couples. So what do I mean by that? Finances for married couples. So why talk about finances on a family podcast? Well, I think finances are a big part of your family. 100%, yeah. Where all your money goes is where I feel like your values are too. Yeah, I, exactly. Like when, um, so I I feel like we'll start with how I, like, I'm just going to talk about how I grew up and how my parents had finances. And then maybe you can talk about that for a little yeah. bit. But like when I grew up, my mom, she did all the bills. So she would, how they did their finances was every time they got a receipt, right? My mom would write a check for everything. And then she put it in this big basket. And then once a month, she would write and she would do the checkbook and write all the bills. And it just seemed like the most disorganized <laughs> clump of heap. Like we, we, we were well off. Like my, my dad was a, um, a police officer. My mom was a nurse. Uh, so they, they both had, you know, they both worked, um, you know, normal working. Well, dad would never work normal, normal working hours. He always worked second or third shift. Um, he was on first shift for a little bit uh, when I was growing up, but only a couple of years. So mostly he was working from like um, like midnight to 8 a.m. Or, um, or or second shift. So like, uh, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon till midnight. So, it, I mean, it was always an interesting time. But other than like the, the weird working hours for my dad, like we we did we ate out a lot. I don't think my parents really understood finances that much. Um, and definitely was a source, not a constant source, but a source of anxiety um, among my parents, right? Um, that that definitely seeped into the family. Um, how, how did your parents do finances? Or um, So finances for us were kind of, uh, I don't know, it was never, like, we, we never, I never really worried about money growing up because we, like, we always were outside. My dad always had like a you know a paddle boat, a catamaran. We had a speedboat. We had jet skis. Like mm -hmm. so, it never felt like we weren't ever like financially struggling. But like there were times where you could tell like you know 
Yeah, like the budget was yeah, tight. Yeah, the budget was... was definitely tight. My dad was a construction worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So construction's always depends on the the market. The market, and... like some days, like we can months we could go without you know him working, which is nice having him home. Mm. But then you could kind of tell things were getting tight, and and then he'd have a ton of work, and he's he would never be home. So it was like this very like various seasons. But my mom and dad always tried to give us the best, and um, yeah, I can and never I, complain about that. I guess, I guess, I, I say, I say, we say that like where we're coming from, because you know it's not the Monday morning quarterback. Our parents, by any means, they they were awesome parents, but you're never really given. Um, I don't know, like for for me, I like I wanted more from my parents on, hey, like what do I do about finances? How do I set myself up for, I don't know, some basic things that like buzzwords you hear, like set them, set yourself up for retirement or, you know, how, how do you set up a good financial foundation, right? Like, you know, do you want a slab foundation, a crawl space, uh, you know, like <laughs> no crawl spaces, but right? <laughs> your financial foundation as your family, like your financial family foundation, triple F, we'll just make it up here on the spot, right? What is it? Triple F. So this is, so I'm going to talk about some ideas. Mainly they come from like Robert Kiyosaki's books. Uh, if you haven't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's more of like a motivational book on like how 5% of people live versus the 95%, meaning 95% who basically work a W-2 job and then the 5% who own businesses and, and live via their investments. Um, but really, a lot of the, what I'm going to talk about today comes really from Cash Flow Quadrant, which was his second book, his follow-on book to um, uh, the his first one, which was Rich Dad Poor Dad. So it's in the Rich Dad Poor Dad series. Um, but there's also some uh, another great book is Millionaire Next Door. Kind of talks about how, what most millionaires in America look like. And spoiler alert: if you haven't read the book. It's not what you think it looks like, right? <laughs> um, like a lot of millionaires don't look like you think they would look, right? They have a lot of, uh, a lot of people who look really rich aren't really that rich, right? The, the people driving the Lamborghinis and, and the, uh, you know, appear very rich, uh, but it's, it's more just for show, right? They're, they're sunken in credit card debt. They have a lot of financial anxiety um, and things like that. So, Let's let's break this down. So, for financial, um, what what does it take to build a strong financial foundation? And I'm gonna st we're gonna start talking not for the like the because there's some people listening to this. You're probably like you got your finances down and everything, Pat. And I hope we're gonna provide you something valuable here today too. So we're not just gonna talk about the basics, but really what what's the basics? Uh, when it comes to like the cash flow quadrant. So the cash flow quadrant, if you draw a vertical line down the center of a paper and then a horizontal line down the center of a paper, you really have four categories of, of money coming in and out. And top left one will be income, top right one expenses, bottom left one assets, and bottom, uh, bottom right one would be liabilities. And we're just going to kind of go over what each of those are. So income, it's pretty straightforward. It's like your W-2 income, right? Your paycheck. I, I work in the military, so my W-2 paycheck goes into that, you know, that column or that that box, right? So income is one box. 
the most important box, in my opinion, is the upper right-hand box, right? So the upper right-hand box is expenses. So really think about this as the left side of the paper is offense for your finances, right? Your income and your assets. And the right side is defense, is your expense and your liabilities, right? So expenses are things like, your cell phone bill, your water bill, your housing expense, right? If you pay rent, um, Food. you know, your mortgage payment, if it's your primary, if it's your primary residence, your mortgage payment would go, you know, into expenses or, you know, really liability uh, for your, for your house, right? Your house is a, you know, a, li a liability if it's your primary residence. Now, some people will say, no, it's not, it's an asset. Um, but really going by the definition of an asset, so we'll go to the definition of an asset now. Definition of asset, and this comes to, from Robert Kiyosaki's book, is anything that puts money in your pocket, right? So your primary resident wouldn't be an asset unless, say, you rented out some of your bedrooms and you're able to cover the mortgage, right? So now, now your primary residence is paying you money, right? So that's, that's something called house hacking, if you, if you rent out some of your bedrooms and you cover your mortgage payment to lower your cost of living, then that primary resident turns into an asset. What are some other assets? We got stocks, we got bonds. Uh, personally, like Hannah and I, we own some rental properties. Um, so mm -hmm. rental properties are, are assets, right? Um, so really, it, the simplified version of how to set up a solid financial foundation is step one, get out of debt, right? Like, yeah. so step one is, well, really it's not get out of debt. That's not the first step. First step is understanding expenses. So everyone, your income usually is set, right? So your income is set by whatever W-2 you currently have. And you can get a higher W-2, right? Like you can go to school, you can go to you know, college longer, you can gain more skills, go to trade school, right? You can, you can do something to make yourself more valuable to an employer to increase that income. But that, that takes a while, right? So that's, that offense kind of takes a long time to build momentum. And a lot of times you might have to be in a career field a while before you start building a lot of momentum. And even if you own a business, right, like sometimes getting businesses up and running and gaining a lot of income sometimes takes a while, right? There's people that are going to be listening to this saying, uh-uh, like I heard some guy on YouTube the other day said he made a million dollars in six months. And I'm, you know, more power to that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that, yeah, I'm not that guy. And you know what? I, I want to learn from that guy and, and buy him a beer someday. And maybe he can help me do that. But that's not what I can help you do, right? So what was our situation starting out, Anna? Uh, well, for you, it was very lucky that I didn't have a bunch of debt. <laughs> Let's be real here. You had a little bit of debt. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, not as much as if I were to continue. Yeah. So I went to community college. Um, I had my associate's degree, and it was in um, education and um what is it? Uh, concentration in math. So I started out at community college, transferred to four year, 
um, did like a year, I don't even know, maybe like a semester or something. And then I met Ben. Mm. And trouble. And, <laughs> and then we got married and I didn't really go back to school. We got I got pregnant right away. Terrible yeah. pregnancy. So it was kind of like I just also I'm not a career driven person. I wanted to be a mom growing up. I've always wanted to be a mom. So and we've all we've talked about that, and that was like the first thing I said on our first date, right? I wanted to be a mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I said great. Yeah. So, I mean, I only had a little bit of debt from the university, but, um, yeah, I was terrible with finances. I'm not going to lie. I was a spender for sure. Like I, you are, and she wasn't as much of a spender as her sister. So no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, like giving, I get a paycheck and I was like, I'm going out with my, well, I'm never really going out with my friends, but it was like, I'm going shopping. I got money uh, now. Um, um, and that's where Bella gets it from. Yeah. Yeah. Our, I'm going to go to Target. Our, our, yeah. Our four year old <laughs> just came up to us tonight and was like, I need stuff for my castle. And we got to go to Target. We got to go to Target. <laughs> and I'm like, who, my girl. who are you? And stop listening to your mother. Anyway. So, so we start off, we don't have a ton of debt. Like, there's people out there who have a ton of student loan debt and things yeah. like that. That's not what we start out with. We, we had a little bit of loan debt. Uh, I had like a career starter loan coming into the military. You have to buy a bunch of uniforms, uh, paid uh, paid a car uh, and some different things. I bought a wedding ring, um, you know, because yeah. women financially drain you, you know. I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> gotta go to Target. Yeah, I gotta go to Target. <laughs> anyway, so I just, I wasn't the greatest, you know, uh, but we did have some debt, right? So the first, the first thing really that we, kind of did for ourselves is you know and i can't take credit for this at all this was all some mentors of ours was they kind of laid out okay when you get a check right you can spend it like because these days you have a credit card you have a debit card you just spend it spend it spend it until you have nothing but if you're if you don't hold yourself accountable Uh -uh. right you will spend it all yeah. And what's scary is now like they have those things where you can get paid early without yeah. even having the money in the account. And you're like, oh, yeah. yo, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah. There was, I had, I had several Marines in my platoon who they Navy fed would loan them their paycheck before they got their paycheck. Right. So they would, crazy. if they overdrafted, they could just keep overdrafting all the way up until what their paycheck would be. So they don't, they don't just live paycheck to paycheck. They would live next paycheck to paycheck because, you know, they'd be a couple, two, three hundred dollars in the hole, and then they'd get paid, you know, and then their paycheck was so much smaller because it had to go to pay off debt. And I, I forget where I heard this from. It was the other day. Something like uh, upwards of sixty percent of people don't have more than a thousand dollars in their bank account in america so they they live with less than a thousand dollars at a time like to me that would i mean even being as secure as secure as we are in the military right we have we have a lot of things that you know we there's a big comfort as far as financial goes yeah. you know you have a guaranteed paycheck health care things of that nature where um and i know i'm not gonna like lose my job Right. Compared to a private industry, which, you know, you know, any private business could go under any time, you know, like you could feel really secure in your job. And then like a 2008 happens. And, you know, so I know if a 2008 happens, 
to the U.S. government, right, the military members were just fine, right, because the military, you know, is paid by the federal government. The federal government keeps going, keeps churning either way, right? So the, the first thing starting out in, in marriage for us was kind of just understanding what our income is and what our expenses are, right, and communication. Hannah, Hannah came from a lot, like I came right from, you know, the hall, what we called it. So, you know, I was, I was at a military school. We, you know, I went directly from a dorm room situation and a, you know, military barracks style situation, right, to living with, you know, a wife, which I'm, I'm not used to. And she goes from, you know, living at her parents' house yeah. to now moving in with me, right? So, it's um, you know, that's a that's a huge change, and neither one of us had really managed finances before. So I'd say the biggest part of it was probably communication. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, and that budget that we had, we got from the. Yeah, so we got a budget was, handed to us, yeah. uh, or a budget format, I would should say, handed to us by our mentors, and it's it's a really involved budget that we still do to this day. Yeah, I did not like it in the beginning because you have to literally write out where you're spending, how much yep. it is. It makes you like reflective, like, okay, I just spent this entire week going to Dunkin' Donuts every single day. <laughs> and that adds up real quick. Yeah. Like, it was just so, I hated the budget at first. I was but like, I hated it. The biggest thing with managing your expenses is accountability, both accountability yeah. to yourself and accountability to if you have a wife, your wife, you know. So if you're just a single person listening to this, it's it's great to do this budget because you're accountable to yourself, right? And the, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll share this budget with everyone. Um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll put a link to it. Um, but if you, the this budget is, so it breaks it down by category, right? And then you put a percentage of what you're going to spend in each category from your income, right? So you, you pay yourself every single week. So, or every time you get a paycheck, you pay yourself. And then every single expenditure off your debit card and credit card go into their different categories. And then it's it's all coming out of one checking account, but you have kind of virtual accounts in this Excel sheet that kind of breaks it down by category, right? And what does that do for you? Well, you know exactly how much money you're spending every single month in food, every single month in entertainment, every single month in tithing, right? Like, because if we say, hey, we're going to give back 10% of our money in charity, um, do we actually give 10% or are we just lying to ourselves, right? Are we are we actually giving to charity what we say we're going to give? Because I, I think a lot of people just, you know, they have a comfortable figure of what they're comfortable paying, the, you know, either the church every week or their charitable organization every week or, or what have you. But they don't really understand what that is on a percentage basis. And not saying that's, you know, that's, that's important, but for, for Hannah and I, it was, it was important to make sure we are accountable to ourselves that we're giving, um, you know, we're giving, right? We're, we're giving a lot and that we track our giving. Um, it's not just a, you know, when, when emotionally we feel like it, right? It's even when we don't feel like it, we're going to, we're going to give because we, we've already budgeted that money aside. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's other categories that, like our other categories are like gifts, children, 
So we like diapers and all that entertainment, stuff. Entertainment, miscellaneous. The first, the first, uh, like the biggest expense out of that budget when we first started out was debt, right? So we put a debt category and any extra money we made, we just threw towards the debt. Um, and it's, I mean, debt's an easy one to throw money at, right? Because if you, so some people are like, oh, you know, go put money in the stock market, right? It's got a, you know, a, a four to six percent return over the long haul over 70 years. Well, if you're, you know, if your car payment, right, if your car debt is four to six percent, well, yeah, I could throw my money in the stock market and maybe get, you know, seven percent, four to seven percent, but I can get a guaranteed five percent if I pay off my car loan, right? Because it's if it's five percent interest. Um, so that's why Hannah and I paid off debt as quick as we could. Um, but once we paid off debt, it increased what I like to call our, our savings rate, right? So it increased our savings rate right away. And now every, every paycheck, we have, you know, more money we can save uh, to throw towards that bottom left column, which is assets, right? So a strong, a strong, you know, financial foundation is really just about controlling your expenses, you know, step one, controlling your expenses. And then step two through infinity is acquiring assets while avoiding liabilities, right? So, so an asset, anything you put money in, that puts money in your pocket, a liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket. So a liability would be like a car or a boat. So, a boat is definitely a liability, right? What does boat stand for, Hannah? I don't know. It's uh, blow out another thousand. Boat, blow out another thousand. Never heard that before. That's what it stands for. That's that's whoever invented the word boat. They they meant it to say blow out another thousand. Um, it makes sense, though. For scientific. Yeah. yeah. I can get down on that. Yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're, you know. Unless you have a fishing charter company. Yeah, if it's a fishing charter company and, and your boat makes fishing, you money, yeah. right? Then you it, take people out on your boat and they pay uh, for it. If Yeah, if your boat makes you money, it could be an asset. But that's not the kind of boat that I want. I want a fun boat. <laughs> you want a liability boat. I want a liability boat. <laughs> right? But I understand if I buy that, right, it is... As far as financial bend goes, I understand that is not going to be, you know, healthy for our financial foundation. Right? But it'll still be fun. It'll still be fun, though, time. right? Fun family time, right? Which is important, right? If, but you know, if you if you have fun everywhere, you can, you know, you can increase that anxiety by living paycheck to paycheck, thousand dollars in the bank account. You know, as long as you're honest with yourself and you know where your money's going i think it's fine and there's some people who are you know definitely going to live like that yeah uh but it's if you're just starting out right basically being clear and and deciding together right hannah and i decided together the percentages that was going to go into each category of our budget right and even though she's a stay-at-home mom and I'm in the military, it, it's not my money, not a single dime of it's my money, right? It's it's our family's money, yeah. right? Like 
I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I know some couples who do like the, this is your money and this is my money. Like any dime I'm going to spend, I tell Hannah first. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, we have like a certain number. Like if it's over what, like 50 yeah. bucks, if it's over 50 bucks, like I'm asking Hannah first, even, even less items than that, like yeah. stuff off Amazon. Like yeah. I'm still going to ask her permission, especially if it's it, it especially if it's going to go over one of our budget amounts. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, Hannah, like Hannah doesn't ask me if we're going to buy diapers or things like that. Right. Cause that money's there. We need that stuff. It just, it goes out. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people listen to this is like, oh, you guys are crazy. And may, maybe we are, maybe we are just nuts, yeah. but we know where every single dime is going. And, you know, Hannah and I have never really had anxiety over money. Like yeah. we just had, um, you know, like we, we own, uh, we own rental properties, right. And two of our rental properties through AC units on the same yeah. week right? Yeah. One day. And then the next day, <laughs> two rental properties, right? But we, we have emergency money for all those properties. Um, and, you know, they're still assets. They're still putting money in our pocket, but we, we plan for those things, right? We, we know that properties have long-term capital expenditure maintenance that's going to happen on those things. So you just got to be prepared. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say that the biggest thing about budgets right especially in a family is just communication yeah communication communicate and you have to have some sort of tool to do that to hold yourself accountable because communication is one thing but an accountability tool is a must like it's one thing to write down a budget and this this is something that's so hilarious to me in the military is when whenever uh, a marine or you know soldier airman whatever uh, in the Marine Corps, whenever a Marine gets in trouble with money, right, he gets himself into debt or in trouble, uh, it's mandatory that you, like, not mandatory, but, like, they'll say, okay, do a budget with this Marine. And a lot of times the budgets that I see with these Marines is, like, it's not a, an accountability tool. It's just, like, it's like a piece of paper, and it says how much you plan to spend on each category, right? But that's, like, a budget is one thing, but following the budget right so making thing, a plan yeah. is one thing and then X, yeah and then you actually yeah. spend money and then at the end of the month you have to go back and say okay did i actually follow my budget like i i allocated 300 dollars here for food how much did i actually spend yeah and like oh and our budget changes over time like obviously oh, yeah. our budget changes and we yeah. kind of change the percentages of where we need to put stuff yeah. more or less or yeah so and i i guess that would that would lead lead into the next topic of like um, living living beneath your means. Yeah. Right. So like, as as I've gained, so as you gain rank in the military, your your pay increases, right? And um, we what Hannah and I have tried to do is not let life creep happen. So what what is life creep? What is life creep, Hannah? Um. I'm thinking it's when you start getting more money and you start spending more money. And then you kind of, whenever you, mm -hmm. I guess, get the increase in money, you're matching that lifestyle. Yeah. So life creep is like, I got a $400 pay raise a month. I'm going to spend $400 extra a month. So you can only hold yourself um, 
accountable if you have that accountability tool. So what Hannah and I have done is every time we've got a pay increase, we don't increase the percentage of money. Like we decrease the percentage of money everywhere, right? Because the, the overall percentage of money is going up. So we're trying to decrease the percentage of money going down in, in categories like cell phone bill and entertainment, you know, the the categories that are just the plain expense categories, right? They're not they're not going into any mandatory things or even even something like food, right? Food category is usually a huge one for everyone, right? It is hard to spend less money in food because it's something you do all the time, right? Eat three, three meals a day um, and it's it's tough. Hannah and I, I think currently what we have like 300, $300, $350 a paycheck. You get paid twice a month. So it's about $700 a month Yeah, that goes towards food. And I, I think that's pretty good. Other people probably out there is like, well, you guys spend way too much or, or you know, I bet some people would be surprised how much they spend in food, especially because Hannah and I never go out like, I mean, we do some sometimes go out to eat, but it's on yeah. it's on very rare rare occasions we go out to eat. Yeah. Because uh, if if you do, if you go out to eat, like it's it's not like doubling; it's exponential the amount of money that comes out of your pocket to go out out to eat, especially if you do it uh, consistently. So, yeah. So having some sort of accountability tool to say, this is how much money or percentage of my income I'm going to spend. And this is how much, um, you know, I actually spent. And then as you get pay increases, right? What we've done is we've thrown more and more percentage every time at what we, we call it our, you know, our, our asset fund. So what's our, whatever our next asset is, whether we're buying another rental property or whether we're going to put more money in stocks or, or private notes or, or something like that, right? Anything that we're going to buy an asset for, we're trying to increase the percentage of our income that we purchase assets with. So right, like right now, our asset is the most, most percentage of my income it's, it's ever been. And that's what we're working on, trying to get up you know, some people call it a savings rate, right? What percentage of your income are you saving? But I, I don't like to call it a savings rate because I'm not taking that money just to save it. I'm taking that money to buy assets, um, which goes into kind of the final point, which is, you know, why why buy assets, right? Why why do any of this? Why manage your finances? Why not live paycheck, paycheck to paycheck? Why? why, Ben? Why? I don't know why. I mean, it's nice to eventually set yourself up later on in life. You know, right now we're living in a two-bedroom apartment and it's hard and, you know, we have our struggles and, you know, I, I'm obviously going a little bit crazy, you know, with three kids and a 750 square foot, but I think about later in life, okay, so this is just for two years, just two years. When we get back to the East Coast, you know, I'm going to have that house, you know, yeah. <laughs> the house that you promised me, remember? Yeah. <laughs> and, you so, know, and we're going to be able to have, you know, financial. Yeah. So we did, you know, some people do life creep. We did life, you know, life challenge. We went like the other way, right? Like we were living in a, you know, three bedroom, two bath house. And then we decided to downsize as our family grew. Right. Which yeah. is kind of nuts. Uh, but we knew it was going to be a short amount of time. 
Um, and we definitely were able to increase that savings rate or that, you know, that asset, you know, next asset fund uh, to acquire more properties. I think, I think that for me, the overall, the overall reason that we do this, right, to buy assets is for, to buy back time, right? I mean, you can't really buy back time, right? Time is something that's gone once it's gone. But future time, I can prevent trading my time for money, right? So if you work a W-2, you trade time for money. But like the assets that I currently own, I don't have to spend a lot of time on those things and they just put money in my pocket, right? I've acquired a house, a renter pays me, the rent covers both the mortgage and maintenance and all the capital expenditures and then some left over for extra cash flow, right? So that, that money comes in every month and it's passive income. So I'm, I'm trying to increase my passive income and eventually my passive income will buy me more passive income, but you know, eventually I can work myself out of a, you know, of a W-2 type income, whether that's after I retire from the military or, or after the next, um, you know, the next military obligation. But, you know, I, I think it's more ju than just, some people call it financial freedom, right? If you, if you earn more in your passive income, right, in your, so your passive income column, your asset column, and that cash flow quadrant, if you earn more there than what you spend in your expense column in your upper right-hand corner, uh, then you're what they call financially free, right? You don't, you wouldn't have to work ever again if you didn't want to. Now, I think I would go nuts if I never worked again, right? <laughs> like, you, I, I, I think it's like I think it's hilarious to like hear podcasts or something about people who are like, yeah, I want financial freedom because it's like I want to drink my ties on the beach and I'm like, get more power to you, but I would go nuts, right? Like on, on our family vacations after like day three, I'm just like thinking of things of like, okay, what do I do with my time? Right. Cause I'm like, I'm working so hard, working so hard. And then all of a sudden I'm on vacation and, and you know, it's, I, I feel like, I feel like having, having that time to really do whatever you want, right. Whether it's giving back uh, to charity or coming up with different business ideas to, you know, to help people. I don't know. People who can't read that good, you know, want to do a lot of other <laughs> stuff too, right? Like the Zoolander thing, right? Uh, you know, but it's like, it's, I think, I think the cooler part of financial freedom is the freedom to, you know, not, you know, not be a slave to the system, you know, man, right? Like slave to the system. Yeah. But really it's, I mean, there is something to be said about, you know, once you have financial freedom, you have the freedom to, you know, from worry about, you know, where, where your money is going to come from and you can make money and do more charitable things. Um, when you're, you know, when your Maslow's hierarchy of needs is really met, right? So if you, if you've ever studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you got like on the bottom, you have like food, um, and water and like survival things. And at the very top, you have like relationships and fulfillment and purpose in life, right? And so once you once you kind of fulfill that middle hierarchy of need of like, you know, because money is a need that people have, like you have to have money in order to trade it for food and shelter and things like that. But once you've set that up for your family for life, then that sets you up to go tackle that top block, right? Which is like, 
purpose and meaning and fulfillment and giving back to the world and charity and tackling all those things, right? But, you know, you, if you, um, you know, and, and not saying you can't find, like, I'm not saying you can't find purpose and meaning, like, without financial freedom. There's plenty of people who do, right? Every, uh, like everyone has to find purpose and meaning somehow. And I, I find purpose, a lot of purpose and meaning in my life uh, working my Marine Corps job. I'm just saying there's, if I imagine if I had all the time in the world to do whatever I wanted to do, I feel like I could take down some, you know, some mountains uh, for good, right? Taking down, you know, mountains of problems that the world has um, that I wouldn't have the time to solve if I have to work a W-2 job telling, you know, 75 years old. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What do you what What would you do if we were financially financially free? Um, hmm. you just chain me up to the the radiator. And... No, I would probably have you homeschool the kids because oh. I am not that great at school. You are the smart one. I will say that. book smart, mm. book smart, very book smart. So you send them straight down. When, Just a little bit. Whenever uh, someone says, oh, you're book smart, that means like you have no common sense, yeah. right? That's what they're trying to common tell Common sense lacking. But that, that's because you have me though. Oh, you're I my, got the common you're sense. You're my common sense? I got you. I got you. Oh, okay. I got you covered on that. Um, and then, I don't know, I might do real estate. I feel like real estate would be. You want to be a real estate agent? Yeah. You'd be a stay-at-home dad. You would like that, I think. I would rock stay-at-home dad. You would. You I did totally. that today. That was amazing. Like. Yeah didn't he went shopping grocery shopping i don't like grocery shopping anymore yeah. um he went to target to pick up some stuff for me <laughs> I went to target and then you cleaned the entire apartment did laundry did dishes like three or four times mm-hmm. fed me and all the kids mm-hmm. it was a pretty amazing day i will say i was very spoiled mm-hmm. yeah i i do what i do well everyone thinks i was awful after you know the last podcast. Oh, so. oh, see, that's why you wanted. No, that's not. I'm just why kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to know. Sometimes I can be sweet. You are very sweet to me. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. You're the best wife ever. So there's no topping you. I appreciate that. Um. Okay. Yeah. I think anything else you want to say about finances? Um. Not really. We really covered it all. Yeah. So our, our goal, Hannah, so Hannah and I are not financially free right now, right? That's no. like our, that's like our, our goal, right? That's the goal we're setting out there in the future uh, at some point. Um, but we'll talk about goals on, a, on another podcast. But, uh, you know, we're, we're always going to be straight up with you where we are at in our lives. And if you have any questions, feel, feel free to, feel free to ask and we'll cover it as long as it's not like. Yeah, I, I'm an open book. So if you got any questions for me, I'll be happy to share on the podcast. Can't say the same about my wife, but uh, I don't know. Depends <laughs> on the question. Yeah, it depends on the question. He'll um, answer it and then that'll. But yeah, especially if you got any questions about finances or like personal finances, especially if you're just getting started, married, like Hannah and I, we wasted no time. We to glorify God, right? We just went right out <laughs> there right away, had our first kid nine months after marriage. And be fruitful, multiply, if you know what I mean, right? You know what be I mean. Be fruitful. He didn't say be fruitful and add, right? 
he said be fruitful and multiply right oh my goodness. i'm putting i'm putting <laughs> digits up you know i the other day the um i was <laughs> i heard that the our birth rate is falling so low right it's like down to like the replacement birth rate level is like 2.1 so if you have 2.1 kids for every woman but it's like 1.7 or 1.6 so our population's dying off and i was like we got to go we got to keep it up Ooh. we got to you know we got to do our part for society i mean i am one of five so i definitely want mm. minimum five minimum i kind of want to do seven though just yep. because my my one and cousin the good news is sick. We got three kids and we have a solid financial foundation and you can too. Yeah. So if, if you want, if you want help on it or have any questions, uh, leave a comment, like, you know, hit, uh, subscribe and all that. And, um, you know, follow us and we'll, we'll provide you more of this content. Thank you for listening to the Branson family podcast. If you like this episode, subscribe to our channel so you can get notified every time we upload valuable content. Also check out our Facebook page in the description below. Please leave us a comment to let us know how we did and how we can do better.